from last week uh, in our strategy for word time, we begin to, to, to pick off a little bit on the a third strategy, uh, which is uh, correlation. Amen. We talked about correlation. We, talk, we said that correlation is comparing one scripture with other scriptures, precept upon precept, to amplify our understanding of what the Bible is teaching. Uh, we realize and we know that when we get into the word in our, in our strategy for our word time, we must understand that other scripture will help us to interpret the scripture that we're trying to, uh, to learn from or to get some understanding about. I shared with you on last week, we began to talk about uh, some things, and I think we got through number uh, three on the principles that I gave you on your handout. It says, whenever we are approaching the biblical text, uh, seven basic principles to stay that we need seven basic principles to stay accurate and true to the text we need to keep in mind. We said principle number one was remember that context rules, right? Understanding context, who's writing, what's the scenario surrounding that, what's going on, so that we can get a good glimpse of what was in the writer's mind as he spoke. Second thing we talked about was, uh, second principle was always seek the full counsel of the word of God, Okay. Uh, when you know God's word thoroughly, you will not accept a teaching simply because someone has used one or two isolated verses to support their point of view. And that's critically important. Uh, go, turn with me right quick to 2 uh, Timothy, the third chapter. And we, we go to this scripture quite often because I think it's something that we, we must uh, continue um, uh, to keep at the forefront of our minds. 2 Timothy chapter number four, not chapter three, I'm sorry, verse number uh, 14, Paul writes to his son in the ministry by the name of Timothy, and he says something here, and these three verses here are critically important for us to remember because our strategy for our word time uh, means, it means that whenever we get before the Lord, we ought to have a, a, some type of structure to what we're doing, some type of methodology to get into the book and understanding what God is trying to teach us. Um, long, you know, the days of just open up the book and, and, and just, you know, just going for what you know without having a strategy of study, uh, you know, we, we can't afford that any longer. We're, we're battling a devil who has ramped up his strategy to discredit the word of God. Uh, and, and many, you, you're running to people nowadays who, who don't believe that the Bible is truly the inerrant, inspired word of God. So it's important for us to to, to know what scripture teaches us so that, uh, not that we're going to get into arguments with people, but we need to know what we need to know because if I don't know what I know, then somebody can easily, Jerry, come and, and persuade me that I'm not standing on truth. Amen? So, so we have to have a foundation. That's why it's important for us to come to Bible study, uh, our teaching opportunities, and have our personal time with God and when we do have that personal time with God, that we strategically go into it knowing how to study. There are so many Christians who don't know how to study, don't have a method or a, a pattern for studying the scripture. So that's what we're trying to do is get some strategy for our word time. Okay, so the text says this. Uh, Paul talking to young Timothy says what? But you must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught. Now, does anybody know anything as you Bible studies? What do we know about Timothy's family as it relates to his spiritual walk? Anybody? Do we have any clue about Timothy's family? His, his, his mom and his grandmother were, were strong in the faith, right? The Bible specifically talks about that. And so uh, that, that's critically important because, guys, I'm going to tell you, we have a responsibility as parents to, to share the things of the faith with our children. And with our grandchildren. Um, you know what? One of the things that disappoints me uh, so greatly sometimes as a pastor is when I see parents not getting engaged in getting their children uh, connected with their local church ministry and their youth programs. Because a child that's seven or eight years old can't get in the car and drive to Sunday school. <laughs> uh, but that parent who's sitting over in their bed not getting up on time can. Am I right about it? So it, 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 it's, it's disheartening sometimes to see how if parents don't start planting the seed while that child is young, putting that word on the inside of them so they can grow up, grow up amen, in the faith so that when they have their, those challenges in their life, 
then they're able to be able to withstand it because they have a foundational base up under them. And so I, I hate to see parents wait until the child gets in trouble before they want to bring them to church. I hate to see the parent wait till they, they, the child is cutting up in school and then we want to come and get counsel and then we want to try to bring them uh, to church. So start young. Amen. Start young. If you got grandchildren, amen, talk to your children and say, listen, you have a responsibility to bring that child up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So you encourage your children. Because uh, uh, sometimes children will say, well, I was made to go, so when I get out, I say it to myself. How many of y'all said to yourself when you were being made to come? I ain't going to go to church. But what you, what you failed to realize was when your parents were developing you and training you, they were putting the seed of the word of God down on the inside of you. And, and somewhere along the line, that seed, that seed took root and it germinated. It produced the fruit. So now you're here today, amen, solid, amen, not crazy, <laughs> clothing your right mind because your parents, amen, trained you, made you do some things that when you were in your infancy or your immaturity did not want to do. So, so I, I encourage you, you, if you know members and you connected with members who are not actively engaged in, in bringing their children to the discipleship process, listen, amen, encourage them that it's important that you keep your child in church, that your child comes to learn and to grow, amen, so he can get those, those spiritual principles down on the inside. So Paul here is writing, and we know that Timothy's mother and grandmother was strong in the faith. And he says, but you must remain faithful to the things that you have been what? Taught. The things that you have been taught. Because up, up above there, he had been talking about the fact that there, there were uh, you know, people that were coming in and trying to sway people away from sound doctrine. Okay, uh, you, know that you, you know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. Okay, verse 15 says what? You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from what? Childhood. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures, how long? From childhood, okay? And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. They've given you the what? The, the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, let's read it out loud and on purpose. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That's what the Holy Scriptures will do. It, it, it teaches us what's true and it makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. There have been times in my life, I don't know about you, where I, I actually thought that my way of thinking about a certain issue or a certain situation was correct until I got into the book and found out that what I was thinking and what people were telling me was not correct. And so I want us as a, as a body of believers here at EBC to be solidly rooted and grounded in the word so that when error comes, and error is going to come because the enemy is going to send error. He, 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 that's his job. He's, the Bible says he's the father of lies. And if you, if you started lying, you know you're a big liar, right? He's the father of lies. That's what the scripture says. He invented lying. All right? So, so we got to make sure that we have a, a solid foundation so that whenever situations come up, that we're not confused and we don't get thrown off because somebody, uh, some Johnny come lately, quote, street theologian who hadn't taken time to rightly divide the word of truth is now saying stuff. And, and for, for, for the life of me, guys, I want to I caution you about something. So many times in our culture, if someone is a great oratorical person or they can spout stuff off quickly, we tend to receive it because it sounds good. And just because someone can talk about something doesn't mean that what they're talking about is true. So we want to make sure that we practice, amen, spiritual principles, amen, in studying and uncovering the word of God and that we can be uh, faithful and committed and genuine and uh, following those genuine principles so that we can be able to rightly divide the word of truth. So the scripture is inspired by God and it, it, it helps us to stay on track. Are y'all with me tonight? Okay. So. Uh, principle number three we talked about is we said, remember that scripture will never contradict scripture. 
The best interpreter of scripture is scripture. Remember, all scriptures, just like we just read, is inspired by God. And it is God-breathed. That's the thing that we cannot allow our minds to drift from. When people start saying stuff like, uh, uh, well, you, who you, you don't know who wrote the Bible. Well, we, we know Scripture talks about uh, I mean, the, the authors of Scripture. But guys, here's what I would tell you. If this book was not true, if this was not Holy Spirit inspired, there is no way that you would have these 40 different authors coming together and having a succinct book that has a, a, a common thread story, which is the God's love story to mankind, and they all connect and, and, and it not be found to be in error by those who know how to rightly divide the word of truth. The, the Bible is standing. It continues to stand and it fulfills itself and it proves itself to be true as history rolls along. Can I get a witness? So never allow anybody to talk you into believing that the Bible is not God's word. Because if, if, if you as a Christian cannot stand on the basis of truth, the foundation of the truth of God's word, then what will we stand on? Okay, so the word of God is true, all right? So scripture is inspired by God. So scripture will never contradict itself. If it appears to, then your interpretation of at least one passage is incomplete or wrong. Number four, we said don't base your doctrine on an obscure passage of scripture. Don't pluck a passage of scripture that's, that's maybe only something is mentioned only in one spot and it cannot be correlated by other scriptures and, and then you use that and build a doctrine on it. Sometimes people will take stuff just way out of context. I, was, I remember, this is several years ago, as a local pastor. He's not in this area anymore. But he, I guess he thought he was being deep. He found some scripture in the Old Testament that, that really didn't have anything to do with a Christmas tree. But he came up with a doctrine to say that Christmas trees were wrong. And, and if you had a Christmas tree in your house, you were outside the will of God. And it was, it was dealing with something in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, that really didn't have anything to do with a Christmas tree. But he used that to say that Christmas trees are wrong. Now, now listen, I, yeah, Marrera wants to put one up, but I, I don't like putting them up because I got to be the one to take it down. <laughs> and, and, and we tend to leave it up for a long time. And so, I, I, you know, we had a Christmas tree that we had packed it away. And, and while we were doing some spring cleaning uh, one year, that thing just miraculously disappeared, Leroy. I don't know where it went to. Wink, wink. <laughs> but, but again, he took that, that, that obscure passage and, 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 and had his whole church pretty much thinking that, that if, you, if you put up a Christmas tree, you were evil and outside the will of God, that you were, Satan was deceiving you. Uh, guys, I can put a tree up and that tree ain't going to bother me. Are you listening to me? Because I know who I am in Christ Jesus. And I know what Christmas is all about. Christmas is not about Santa Claus, okay? And so, I'm, I'm, but I'm not going to trip on that if you tell your little baby, well, watch out, go to bed because Santa Claus is coming. Now, you know, but now if he's 15 and you still tell him that, come on. We, we, we kind of need to kind of move on past that. Would y'all agree? All right. All right. So, so uh, my point is sometimes we can take stuff and we can bend it and twist it and make it into a doctrine, and it really can't be supported by Scripture, all right? All right, so uh, don't build, don't base your doctrine on an obscure passage of Scripture. Number five, interpret Scripture literally. God has spoken to us through his word that we might know his truth. Therefore, take the word of God at face value in its natural, normal sense, okay? Principle number six, look for the author's intended meaning of the passage. Always try to understand what the author had in mind when you interpret a portion of the Bible. Don't twist verses to support a meaning that is not clearly taught. Let the passage speak for itself. Let it speak for itself. Now, that, that's, that's critically important that we learn to do that uh, when we're studying because the word has to, 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 to uh, be interpreted with other scripture joined together. This is the correlation part that we're talking about. In, in principle number seven, check your conclusions by using reliable resources, such as a biblically-based commentary and, and a Bible handbook. And, and, and those tools are, ne are, are good, and they're necessary, guys, because start with the Scripture. 
mind you, but having a good uh, Bible dictionary, encyclopedia, handbook, uh, commentary uh, will help you to understand the culture of that time simply because we're, we're living in, in, in America in, in right now is year 2018 and by and large we look at things from our cultural bent, right? And so in order to get proper uh, biblical exegesis, we got to insert ourselves into the culture that day. The Bible will never say something today that it would not have said in its original context. Y'all follow me? So we got to make sure that when we look at it, we, we understand words meant different things at that, at that time. Remember, I told you before, and I've used this example quite often, and maybe when somebody hears this nowadays, they're going to, they'll call me an intolerant bigot. But the word gay used to mean happy back in the day. But now if I say you gay, that means that you're homosexual, you have homosexual tendencies or you identify as such. Um, and, and so, so if I read a, if I were to be reading an article and I, the term gay is in there, if I don't understand in that culture, gay men happy, not homosexual, then I could easily misinterpret it, what that what that particular writing was saying, which y'all agree. All right, so it's important for us to understand the culture. So let's get into this next part. Why correlation is important? Why is it important for us to to correlate scripture? Okay, so uh, number number one, uh, if you look in, in, in your your list says correlation uh, uh, gives us a clear discernment instead of vague opinions, right? Clear discernment instead of vague opinions. Um, uh, correlation moves the, author, moves the authority from us to, to Scripture itself. That's why it's important. If I'm going to tell you something in reading the Bible, or if I'm going to tell you a particular doctrine, it's important for me to be able to show you why I say what I say. And, 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 and that means that I, what I, what I got to be able to do as a believer, as I study over a period of time, is be able to take you to a passage of scripture, right and divided, knowing who's right, who's he writing to, what's he dealing with, and be able to show you, here's why we believe this, based on this passage of scripture. So that now it's not me saying it, but it's the word of God saying it. I know some of y'all get tired of me hearing Get tired of me hearing. Get tired of hearing me say Hebrews 10, 25. Do y'all know what that means? What that says? What does Hebrews 10, 25 say in the KJV? Forsake not similarly of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but come together even more as you see the day approaching. Now, see, you guys are here. Y'all have assembled, so y'all have caught that. Y'all are, y'all are here. It says, it says uh, and so much the more as you see the day approaching, as we get closer to Christ's coming, we ought to be assembling so that we can learn and grow in advanced kingdom principles. You guys have caught it. Some other members of the church hadn't caught that. But you know that. So whenever I say that, so I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel uh, like I'm beating a dead horse because that's what the Bible says. And when, pe- when people try to challenge me by saying, well, you know, you don't, have to, you don't have to go to church and be saved. There's some truth in that, but there's some falsehood in that also. Because if I'm saved, as I told you on Sunday, if I'm saved, then I'm going to want to obey what the word says. So if I'm saved, then I got to go to what the scripture says. It ain't all out of the pastor trying to get you to come so he can squeeze some money out of you. It's what the scripture, the scripture says. Don't forsake the assembly of yourself. Go, go to the NLT on that and just let's read that real quickly from the NLT. It says, and let us not neglect our meeting together. Don't neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another. We draw strength from each other. So when we come to our corporate worship, whether we're in our Sunday school class or our men's group, uh, we encourage each other. And so if you're at home, you don't get that same sense of encouragement because you're not interacting and you're not connecting with other believers, right? So that's why uh, if, if if it was God's design for you to grow at home, and to watch church on TV or over the internet and not be connected with the body, he wouldn't have given you pastors. Right? Or he wouldn't have said, don't neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So we encourage one another when we see each other. Yes, I can call you on the phone, but there's something about personal interaction. I've said before and I said again, 
If we're not careful, we'll lose a man and not think about the importance of having personal interaction with people, looking at them eyeball to eyeball, giving them a great Holy Ghost hug and tell them I love you, I'm praying for you, I'm pulling for you and, and is there anything I can do to help you? We need to, we need to get back into that, that mindset that I am my brother's keeper. But if I don't ever see my brother, then how come I, I'm not going to help keep him? So, so it's important that we do that. So the scripture is what we should go to to, to validate what we're saying to, to those who we're in relationship with, okay? Are y'all still with me? All right, so, uh, so correlation gives us clear discernment instead of vague opinions, okay? Uh, next thing we say, as our knowledge of Scripture broadens, our understanding of God will deepen, okay? As our knowledge of Scripture broadens, our understanding of God will deepen. This gives us biblical stability, have y'all ever met Christians who are not stable, spiritually speaking? In other words, you, <laughs> they do good for about two or three months. You think, boy, they, they grew and they got it. Then all of a sudden, you don't see them for a year. Or they, they disappear for three or four months, and they're not connected. They, they, they withdraw themselves. And sometimes it's because they're going through an issue or situation. But like I said on Sunday, guys, it's so critically important that we don't withdraw when we're going through a, an issue or we're having a hard time and we're feeling bad about ourselves. That's the time we need to come and get that encouragement from each other. Because the Bible says we are to exhort one another or to encourage or exhort one another or to push each other or to provoke one another to, to love and the good works. We are to provoke each other. How am I going to provoke you if I never see you? I want to provoke you not to fight me. I want to provoke you to walk with me. I want to provoke you to, to have the mindset that I want to do ministry together with my EBC family so that we can impact lives for the cause of Christ. That's what we're all about. We're trying to build faith and connect families so that we can be a strong unit that's going about representing Christ in this area that we serve in. But it's important for us to, to keep that as our focus, amen, because if we don't, we get lost. So, um, so as our knowledge of Scripture broadens, our understanding of God will deepen. The third thing is correlation helps us to cultivate a reasonable and balanced faith. Everybody say balance. Have you ever saw Christians who get out of balance, who get extreme on one particular doctrine versus everything else? Every time you see them, they're talking about healing. Every time you see them, they're talking about uh, uh, faith for money. Every time you see them, they're talking about prophecy. Guys, I want us to have a well-rounded diet. Are you listening to me? Because the Bible says all scripture is inspired by God, not just your pet doctrine. Now, guys, all of us uh, have a tendency. If you talk enough, you know, you, there's going to be a tendency for all of us to maybe come back to some basic principles. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody who who only speaks about certain issues. Uh, there, I, I love my Pentecostal brothers, uh, and, and, and they, they, they don't fire, they love God, but it's more to being baptized in the name of Jesus in tongues. Okay? Some of them will, will beat you to death about tongues and whether or not you were baptized in the name of Jesus. Okay? So, so, but, but, so, so we'll focus on that and, and negate the rest of the scriptures. And what I'm saying is we got to have a balanced diet of the word of God, a balanced faith. Number four, correlation enables us to separate truth from error quickly. Truth from error quickly. When we're confronted with false teaching, we'll be able to recognize it and confront it with what? Confront it with what? Confront it with scripture, the truth of the, of the word of God. That's what we got to utilize, not our feelings or what I thought. Oh, that's what, well, we were brought up this way. That's the poor reason to, to, to use as a validation is the way I was brought up. Let's find out what the scripture says about that particular issue and use that to confront error. Because we are called upon to confront error, okay? So let's go to 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Look at this right quick and do a little exercise in correlation. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Yeah, and uh, and we're going to try to correlate that to Paul's first letter to Timothy. Okay, Second Timothy chapter two, verse number fifteen. Are we there? Come on, let's read together. It says what? 
work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive what? Now again, let's go back. Every time we go into this text, where we want to ask ourselves, who, who's writing? Tell me, y'all. Paul, who's he writing to? Who? What was Timothy's relationship with Paul? His spiritual son. What kind of family upbringing did Timothy have? Okay, he had, he had, we know that he had a, a faithful, uh, spirit-filled uh, grandmother and mother, right? Uh, what do we know about Timothy's uh, disposition? Was he a uh, real boastful, up-in-your-face person like, like Paul and Peter were? He was, he was more of a shy, shy reserved individual, and he was pastoring a church, right? And presumably, as we look at what, when Paul told him, let no one look down on you because of your youth, then we can assume that he was pastoring a church with older people who would have the tendency to look down on a 25-year-old pastor. All right? I was 25 when I was called a pastor here. There were some older folks who didn't think that the folks who voted me in as a pastor knew what they were doing, and they couldn't receive. And it was just a few folks. But for the most part, everybody said, this is who God called and uh, we're going to follow that leadership. But there were some who thought that that's too young. And I, as I told y'all before, I probably would have thought the very same thing because I had not been called a priest that long. As a matter of fact, my, my selection as the pastor of this church came before I had been called to preach uh, a year. That's unusual. But God does unusual things. Can I get a witness? And I think it halfway turned out after 28 years of history, can we say it halfway turned out right? I mean, so far. Now, I mean, I could mess up and go crazy tomorrow. But we look at the, at the progress from there to there to here, and buildings don't just make the whole ministry, but what I'm saying is we, we, we've experienced spiritual growth. We saw, we've seen souls be saved. We've seen marriages put back together. We've seen uh, healings. We've seen families, amen, being being bound together. So, so it, maybe just a little bit of something was there, all right? I thank God that, that you all look beyond what was normal, look beyond the naysayers, because there were people who said, EPC don't know what they're doing. I was one of them. <laughs> I didn't think, I mean, you know, me, because I, 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 didn't, I didn't put in a resume. I didn't because I didn't, that was not what I wanted to do because I, my, my perspective on the pastorship had been warped by what I saw at the church that Maria and I were serving at in her hometown and by some things I saw in the general church community. I was not looking forward to that. But you know what? God, when God speaks to your heart, when God says, this is what I've assigned you to do, you got to have the courage to go and do what God told you to do, even when you don't understand it all. Here's what I've learned. If I move with God, Sharon, if I move with God, it don't matter if I'm uncomfortable. He's able to bring peace to a troubled mind. He can bring peace in the midst of a storm. If I move with God, I know that he'll make everything all right. I've learned that in my life. I don't know about you, but I've learned to trust him and he will provide. So, so the next time God is, is, is tugging in your spirit to do a thing, that you're uncomfortable with or that you maybe have not done before. Don't stop. Have commitment and have some courage to move with God. That's what Dr. King did. He moved with God. As a matter of fact, I was, as I was looking at some of the documentaries even today, do you not realize that, that he was not a very popular man even among black folks at the time of his death? Because people, people were, you know, when, when, when you are a, a, a are a maverick, when you're cutting ground in the area that people, you know, get upset about, then they get upset with you. And so even in ministry, when God gives you a directive, when he gives you a focus and a way to go, don't you stop just because, you know, your family don't understand you. Just make sure you're moving with God. And that's what I've learned. If we move with God, he will bless it. He'll provide the increase to make sure it gets taken care of, okay? So, but watch this, watch this. So, we see uh, uh, Timothy here in Paul's uh, writing to him. He says, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive what 
his approval. Everything that we do, child of God, should be done to try to get God's approval. Don't do ministry. Don't teach. Don't preach. Don't sing. Don't usher. Don't serve in the parking lot to get approval from man. Because if you, if, if you get approval from God, you'll get approval from those who are walking with God. Can I get a witness? All right. So, so he says here, Paul tells him, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. One who does what? Correctly explains the word of truth. Now, I want you to back up and look at verse 14 because I think it's very critical and leads into this. Uh, Verse 14 says, remind everyone about these things and command them. Now, what is the first question you should ask when you read this verse? Huh? What are these things? That would be the natural order, right? Because if I start reading, remind everyone about these things. The first question that I should have as I observe the text is, what are these things? Where am I going to find it at? Well, let's back up and let's see if it's in there. Okay? Y'all said the verse. Uh, uh, let's, let's look at it. Look at verse 11. Let's start at verse 11, see if we have to go back any further. It says, this is the trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also what? Live with him. If we do what? Endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. He's faithful, right? Remind everyone about these things, those very things, and command them in God's presence to stop fighting over words. Okay? Such arguments are useless, and they can ruin those who hear them. Look at what he says. Remind everyone about these things and command them in, in God's presence to stop fighting over words, okay? Such arguments are useless and they can ruin those who hear them. Now, guys, uh, and then he flows into verse 15 where it says, uh, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Being a, be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. Go to verse 16 for good measure, okay? Verse 16 for good measure. It says what? Avoid worthless, foolish talk, that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk does what? Spreads like cancer, as in the case of Hymenus and Philetus. Now, what he does here is interesting that, that, that Paul calls out some folks in the church. He called them out by name. These troublemakers, he calls out by name. He's, look at what he says. This kind of talk spreads like what? Spreads, spreads like cancer and what? As in the case of Hymenus and what? Philetus. He called them out, guys, because they were apparently some big troublemakers in the church. And sometimes you got to call it out. I can't stand going into a meeting or talking with a bunch of believers and then you're in there discussing how to improve what you're doing as a ministry or as a, as a, as a group or in your workplace and you say, well, you know, people saying that they really don't like this, they don't want to do it. Well, who, who's saying it? Well, I, ain't, I don't want to say. Why'd you bring it up if you not want to say? We're trying to discuss it and if they're too chicken to say what you just said they don't like, then we ain't gonna ever get anywhere. See, in ministry, guys, sometimes we'll 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 let stuff stay dead rather than confronting the dead thing and say it's dead. You ever been in ministry and there's a certain area of ministry that, that, that you know wasn't working and it was and it was just it was just dead, it wasn't blessing nobody, and people just say, Well, you know, that's 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 that's, that's deacon so and so, you know, he's been doing that for years. And uh, you know, we you know, he's 75 now, so you know. We don't want to hurt his feeling. It ain't blessing nobody. 
Deacon, Deacon so-and-so may be better at some place else. We find the place where he's gifted rather than letting him stay there and nobody wants to say anything. So when you evaluate the effectiveness of a ministry, it's, it's not that you're trying to hurt anybody's feelings. It's just that sometimes we, we think something or we make it be of God when it's not. Can we talk? And, and, and because we won't have the courage to say, brother or sister, you know, I, you're an awesome woman, you're an awesome brother, but, but this ain't your area. You're not gifted here. Let's, let's find a place where you're gifted in so we, you can move and be a blessing. But so many times we, we're fearful about doing that because we think we're going to hurt somebody's feeling and, and rather than not realizing that we can help them even grow more when we identify that the ministry that they're leading is not where it needs to be. Hello? But, but will you do that? As a believer, will you do that? Most Christians won't do it. They'll sit back and they'll talk. They'll, they'll wait till, y'all ever had those meetings after the meeting? <laughs> Doris, you ever had some of those meetings after the meeting, after you had your staff meeting? Then they get together after the meeting and talk about what they ain't like what you said in the meeting. Rather than bringing it up in the meeting where it can be properly and appropriately addressed. Guys, we as a Christian body of believers ought to love each other enough to speak truth in each other's lives. Okay? So, 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 but watch this. So Paul has to call these folks out. He says, this kind of talk spreads like cancer, as in the case of Hymenus and Philetus. Okay? Look at, look at the next verse right quick. It says, they have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, watch this, they have turned some people away from what? From the faith. So in other words, they were telling some people that the resurrection of the dead uh, had already occurred. The rapture of the church had taken place. And they had confused some people. So, so Paul called them out specifically. So sometimes when you, when you get to a level where you're causing so much discord in the church, sometimes you need to be called out publicly. Because guys, remember something. These letters, he wrote it to Timothy, but oftentimes these letters were read in the assembly. So Paul writes to Timothy, the pastor of this assembly, and you can bet your bottom dollar that Timothy read it to the church. So can you imagine his Timothy sitting there reading this letter? And all of a sudden it gets down to the point and says, uh, you know, uh, you need to, uh, this kind of uh, talk spreads like cancer. This foolish talk, as in the case of Veronica Stewart and Charles Hardiman. They talking crazy. They spreading lies. Veronica Stewart and Charles Hardiman. Can you imagine that, that coming forth? That's exactly what happened to him. As he read, they were called out because they were causing disruption as it relates to the doctrinal purity of the church and what was being taught. See, guys, we, we got to fight false teaching, and we got to call it out when it's not in line with God's word, okay? All right, so let, let's back up. So, so sec, second, look, look at verse 15. That's really what I wanted to focus on, but this other stuff is real good here. I had to throw it in just, just so you can, just in case, you know. You know. <laughs> I, like, I like what verse 19 says. Go, go to verse 19. Verse, watch this. Verse 19 says, but God's truth, Stands firm like a foundation stone with this, with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his, his, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. Okay? Now watch it, but get back to 15. That's what I wanted to get to. I just need to throw that in parenthetically. So, Veronica, I'm not going to call you out, Charles. I know y'all ain't troublemakers. Y'all be the least likely to be troublemakers. But if you, if you start teaching something that's false and not right and, and, and it continues and you're subverting whole households then it would need to be called out. Okay? You, you, the Bible says this. Uh, uh, when we do stuff publicly, it needs to be addressed publicly. In the church, yeah. Now, a lot of times, stuff that goes on is not public, so we deal with it privately. But if something happens to be public, I'm going to deal with it publicly. Because you're already talking about it anyhow, right? Come on now. You're already talking about it. 
And you're already whispering about it. You, you're texting about it. You're on the phone talking about it. Just when you come here, you pretend like you don't know about it. <laughs> don't we do that? So, so you know, we, 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 we need to deal with stuff. You know, church discipline is really important, so we keep saying that. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth, who correctly explains the word of truth. Now, let's go to 1 Timothy 1 and 5. Correlation. Using scripture to gain greater understanding of scripture. 1 Timothy 1 and 5. Can we, can we get there right quick? All right. Is everybody still with me? All right. Now, guys, when we come here on Wednesday nights, uh, in, 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 in the future, we're going to be studying some more books of the Bible, and we'll do some of that on Sunday morning because I want us to go through and get into the habit of being able to break down the book of the Bible and be able to see what the author is saying and, uh, in, in that culture and that time who's writing to, but also how it applies to our life today. Bible, good, proper Bible study is still important. There are many churches who went away from studying the Bible, and they want self-help type sermons. Just give me my three steps and let me go. Give, give me my five steps on how to get debt free and let me get out of here. Don't you take longer than 35 minutes. Give me my five steps. Well, how many of y'all know that a lot of times five steps, it takes more than five steps. You can have those five steps and you can go home and try them. And then some of y'all come out, I tried that, Pastor. But how, do you know how to persevere? Do you know how to stand in faith? Do you, know how to, do, do, you, do you have the courage to confront evil in your home? And unrighteousness. You need to learn that stuff because I can give you the, the, the steps, but then you got to learn how to depend on the Holy Spirit to help get through the storm of life. All right? So, so anyhow, all right. Y'all watch this, watch this. Uh, 1 Timothy 1 and 5. And here we see uh, Paul again writing to Timothy. He's going to state his purpose as a teacher of the truth. Look at what he says. The purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. Read it out loud and on purpose. Say it again. Read it again. It says what? Clear conscience. Okay, so Paul, Paul begins by specifically, in this letter begins by specifically stating his purpose. Paul wanted people to be filled with love from what pure hearts to have a clear conscience and a genuine faith. Look at verse number six right quick. Can we read that together? Verse six, ready, read. Stop, read it again. But some people have missed the whole point. Do you know I feel like that sometimes as a pastor? I like, I, I sit there and labor and I preach it and I sweat it and, and they missed the whole point. Like when I talk about the secret of draw forgiving, I tell you, if, if you thought it was just about money, you missed the whole point. It's about the heart. It's about trusting God. It's about leaning not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him, let him direct the path. And, 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 and if we talk about families, it's more than just about you and your husband getting along. It's about setting an example so that, so that the, you, you have a, a natural, tangible image of how Christ connects to the church. And your relationship should, should, should model that so that people who can't see Christ in the flesh can see Christ in, in, in how he connects to this church by looking at you and your, your spouse. See, if you, if you miss that, you miss everything about marriage. And, and whatever else something we're going along, I don't... Paul says, look at what he says again. He says, start at verse 5 and then read verse 6. Can, can we go? It says what? The purpose of my instruction is that all believers we feel with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. He says this, but some people have missed this whole point. They have turned away from these things and spend their time in meaningless Discussion, guys, I'm going to say this again, and I keep repeating this. And again, I'm not a downer on social media, but don't spend all your time reading the comments of what people said about some story on social media because most of the people that, that making those comments wouldn't dare say that in front of your face, but then they get on there and say all this crazy stuff, and you, you sit there responding and reacting to that. Spend your time in your Bible. 
Spend as much, make a covenant with yourself. I'll spend as much time in, in my word as I do uh, 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 surfing social media sites. I, think I got one amen over here and one over here. Because it's a time drain. Now, again, I'm not, listen, guys, I'm not, I'm not saying it's evil. I'm just saying you got to balance what you do. See, whenever you do that, spend all that time reading that stuff, but then when it comes time to the word, you don't have time, something is out of whack. Okay? So you, you got to check your own self. I'm not going to come and, 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 uh, and see how much, you, you, all, you, all, you all don't know that Facebook already know how much time you spend on that because they got all your stuff. And that's why you keep getting these ads from, from places like, how they know I, I like that? Because they, 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 your privacy has went out the door now. Y'all, y'all been reading this stuff. Okay, they know all your stuff. The Russians probably got half of it too, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because we give it to them. All right, so just, just be wise. That's all I'm saying. Be wise. I'm not saying it's evil. I, I think it is evil when you put that above time with God's word. Anything you put above God can become an idol. That including your, your, your children, your spouse, your possessions, uh, your habits, that, that stuff can become an idol, okay? All right, so, 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 so but again, now, now notice how Paul, look, look back again, he says, Paul says in verse six, but some people have missed this whole point. But, he says, but there. Remember when we, we learned about observation, we said every word in observation of the scripture is important, Okay? So he says, but here, but is a word of contrast, right? He was saying something and then he gets to but. It, but it's getting ready to introduce an idea that stands in contrast to what Paul had just written. What had Paul just written? What I'm doing now is just what we call correlation. What did he, what did he just written? The purpose of my instruction is that all believers will be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. But, so now we get ready to turn that's what, I, that's what I would love to see. The purpose of me writing this is so you can have love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith, but some people have missed this whole point. It's, 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 it's a word that contrasts. So having stated his, his purpose of instruction, he mentions others who have turned away from these things. And what were those things? I said a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. Okay? Now, look, look, look down with me at verse number 7 of 1 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 7, and we're going to hurry up and get you out of here, okay? Verse number 7 says what? It says, um, they want to be known as teachers of the law of Moses, but they don't know what they're talking about, even though they speak so confidently. That's what I'm going to get, you know, park right there. Now remember what he said. He says, my purpose in writing this is that all believers will be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. But some people have missed this whole point. They have turned away from these things and spend their time in meaningless discussions. Okay? They want to be known as teachers of the law of Moses, but they don't know what they're talking about even though they speak so confidently. Have y'all ran up on some people who, who talk confidently and you hear them, it, it seems like they know what they're talking about because they're, they're dead on, they won't let anybody move them off of that. But how many of you can be dead wrong? Especially when you don't understand proper biblical dispensation. There are certain things that were under the dispensation of law that do not apply to the church. And when you, under new covenant dispensation, take something that was under old covenant dispensation, under the dispensation of the law, and try to live by that, which most people who do that aren't really doing that, because the, the, the Bible says, and it's true, as it relates to law, if you choose to live under law, in other words, certain dietary restrictions, certain holy days, this, that, and the other, then you got to, you got to adhere to all of it. Because that was the weakness of the law. Because if you if you violate it in one area, you're guilty of it all. So I don't want to try to live under the Old Testament dispensation. I don't want to try to live under the law. I thank God for grace. I 
thank God for the grace of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gives me liberty to just be able to trust him and I can stand in righteousness. Thank God I ain't got to try to bring a goat or sheep. Jesus was my sacrificial offering. And I'm not going to go back to try to get righteousness based on me meeting on a certain day. I'm not going to try to go back and get righteousness based on me uh, keeping some, uh, some certain dietary restriction. That my righteousness is not based on that. My righteousness is based on Jesus Christ, him crucified. I don't, God got us here, buried in a bar or two, raised the third day morning with all power and heaven left in his hand. The choir song Sunday, he rose. They say he didn't stay too long. I like that. Didn't stay too long. Okay. So, 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 so guys, what, what I'm trying to tell you is it's important for us to have that grounded perspective. So whenever we correlate in Scripture, we want to make sure that we connect the two, okay, so that we can realize that other Scripture helps us interpret Scripture, okay? Correlating Scripture is invaluable. In other words, I'm going to use Scripture to help me to interpret Scripture. Now, let's go back to 2 Timothy 2 and we, we finish, okay? Pure heart, clear conscience, and genuine faith. 2 Timothy 2, 15 again. And we're closing out. Everybody still with me? So if I have a doubt about something, a passage, what I want to do is I want to try to find a similar, uh, 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 I want to find that same principle or command or precept in another place in scripture so I can make sure that I got the proper understanding. In other words, I'm correlating and a good concordance will help you to do that because if I, if I read about whatever grace or hope or uh, whatever I'm reading about, I want to look at other scriptures that deal with the very same thing to make sure that I'm on the right track. I don't want to pluck a scripture out of isolation and build my doctrine on it without having supporting scripture. I'm correlating the principles that are being taught. So here we go back to uh, what Timothy says here in 2 Timothy uh, 2.15. says, work, work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly explains, explains the word of truth. So Paul, Paul in his first letter said that, I'm giving you these instructions because I want you to have a, a, a clear conscience. I'm, I'm giving you these instructions because I want you to represent me well. I want you to be a man of integrity and honor. So uh, we'll call it, on next week we'll talk about application, which is, is, the, is the heart and the meat of everything that we do because we want to make sure that we get to a point to where we are applying what we are learning. We want to apply what we are learning. God gives us, amen, his holy word, and he wants us to understand it. That's the part about it. I, I hope you understand. God desires for us to know his will and his way. The problem is, is that, uh, you know, in order to know his will and his way, we got to spend some time and some effort, amen, uh, getting to the book, asking the Holy Spirit to give us revelation knowledge because it doesn't come by your intellect alone, okay? Uh, the Holy Spirit will give us the wisdom to be able to know and understand the scripture, okay? All right. Any question on what we went over tonight?